it's your birthday. We gon' party like it's your birthday. We gon' sip a cardi like it's your birthday. And you know we don't give up, cause that's your birthday. You can find me in the club, bottle full of bub. Mama, I got what you need if you need to fill the bars. I'm in the habit six, I ain't in the mix. Welcome to Talking Giants presented by SeatGeek. I'm your host, Bobby Skinner, here with my co-host, Justin Pennick. We got ourselves another training camp recap practice. We have John Schmiel coming on the podcast. And then we're going to talk about our little spat with Giants PR and me meeting Brian Dable because of our spat. So we'll, we'll call it a spat. We, we had some disagreement. We, 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 had, uh, we, we talked with them and then yes. uh, ended up meeting um, Brian Dable like I was a Make-A-Wish kid. We'll, we'll call it a spat um, because it'll make you listen to the end of the show. Yeah, well, I mean, it was, it was, it was interesting. So uh, the interview with John Smilk, well, that was a good one. First time he was on the podcast, so it was nice to have him on. Go tell him you enjoyed first, him uh, on Talking Giants. First interview that we did with somebody in the Big Black Van, uh, besides Andrew Thomas, so. but, like, it was this Big Black Van, this specific one. Yeah. All right, let's get into this uh, practice breakdown. Before that, this episode was brought to you by some special people. We got the Belgium guy. I'm going to go out on a limb and say he's from Belgium. Michael Hope. I don't think so. Right now, this offense needs some hope in it. Jordan mm. Jordan Kick. Um, it's, Kick him in the ass. It, it is, it's, Knock they're from, they're from. She's from Canada, or he or she. Mikey Glover, who... Mikey Glover asked us a question about Jimmy Garoppolo. We answered it, and then that was like, all right, I'm going to join the Patreon. So we thank you, Mike Glover. Sure. Jason Trossel, who's part of the World Beater tier. We thank you, Trossel. You, Jason. And then Sarah Dempsey. Justin, who are these people? Patreon.com slash Talk Giants. That's where those wonderful people went. If you want to sponsor a show, if you want Bobby Skinner to send you some stickers, magnets in the mail, wait for him to get back home to Florida. If you want to be entered into shirt raffles twice a month, and if you want to hang out with us while we record the shows live, that's where you can go. Patreon.com slash Talk Giants. Thanks to our patrons. All right, so we got a few things we're going to talk about with Camp. Dane Belton had the broken collarbone. Um, some defensive notes, some just overall offensive notes. Uh, this practice that we watched today was pretty sloppy from the offense. But the thing I wanted to talk about at the top is the offensive line and Shane Lemieux and John Feliciano. John Feliciano has missed three practices in a row, four consecutive days in a row with supposedly a hydration issue, which is, you know, it's got to be a little more serious than just he was a dehydrated after practice for him to miss four days in a row. And, you know, he might be missing, you know, this to, missing practice today as you're listening to this. You know, Brian Dable said it could be, it's going to be a day or two away. I'll come back this week. So with him out, you know, the, the, you had that day where they ran the third and long and, you know, the defense was blitzing. Offense looked bad with uh, Jameel Douglas as the center. And Jameel Douglas just looked bad. And, and, and not only he was is he bad. Yeah, Jameel <laughs> Douglas is bad. So not only was he losing, you know, his reps versus Dexter Lawrence and whoever, but they were having miscommunications. There was guys running wide open through the free. free. And so then on Saturday and then more so uh, yesterday on Monday – they worked Shane Lemieux in with them. Now, they had Jameel Douglas out there and then Lemieux at left guard, but they put Shane Lemieux at center and uh, Josh Azuda at left guard, and the offense just looks a ton better with that. But on top of just the offense looking better with Shane Lemieux compared to Jameel Douglas, because that's not a high bar to set, Shane Lemieux, to me, has been the biggest riser in stock, and that's been a name we've talked about all offseason, so don't give up hope on this guy. He got thrown in too early as a rookie, and then he missed all of his second year. Shane Lemieux flat out looks good, whether it's moving in space in the run game, firing off into blocks, and then pass blocking. Like, he has been winning versus Dexter Lawrence in pass blocking. Even in one-on-one drills, he, he beat Dexter Lawrence. So, um... This is something we talked about. It was like, hey, I haven't given up on Shane Lemieux. He looks good. He's going to be a starter week one, whether at at left guard most likely. But with what we've seen, and if Josh Azudu they feel is ready and they want to get Josh Azudu, who looked halfway decent, especially in the run game, you see the athleticism. I don't think they should let the fact that Feliciano's the guy from Buffalo and stuff stop them. If if they feel Lemieux and, and, and Azudu are better than Feliciano, then I think they should roll with that. Like I don't I think this should be an opportunity to maybe move Lemieux to center if they're comfortable with the Zudu starting. Yeah, and we've uh, you know we've put those nuggets out that, that this is something that we would have liked to see, and I'm really, really happy and really, really glad that the last couple days we have seen it at Giants training camp. The ceiling of the offensive line in terms of how we project it to be this year, it not only drastically changes with Shane Lemieux operating at you know a, a, pretty, a pretty good pace and he's operating as a good lineman, but also I think the, the ceiling of the offensive line changes if you have Shane Lemieux at center and Josh Azudu at guard, because if they're putting Josh Azudu at guard, that that means that they feel confident that Josh Azudu actually can start at guard from day one. So the ceiling of the offensive line, I think, drastically changes when you make those lineup changes. However, 
I have a feeling that once John Feliciano does come back, I think we're definitely going to go back to kind of status quo. I don't, I don't think just because Josh, uh, just because John Feliciano has missed the last couple days with dehydration issues, I don't think they're ready to just tear that whole thing up and then, oh, we're just going to do, you know, what, what a lot of fans, I think, what they kind of want them to do. Yeah, I, I agree. They're not going to move, you know, just bench Feliciano over two decent days from Shane Lemieux at center. But I think it should be something in the back of their mind. Yeah, you know, and, like and with the development, saying, like if if Josh Azudu, like if Josh Azudu just like is looking good throughout the next week or so, I'm like, okay, you know what, Josh Azudu, you're gonna put left guard. We're gonna let Feliciano and Lemieux battle for this center spot. Now I know Feliciano was brought over to be the starting center, not yeah. to you know battle for the start, but they did bring him over to be the starting center. Comes from the it's a complicated offense. He knows the offense, so it's a uh, it it really it, it's. I think at the end of the day, week one, it'll be John Feliciano at center and Shane Lemieux at left guard. But the, just the most exciting part of this is Shane Lemieux just looks good. And I don't want to overreact yes. too much to practice, but he has looked consistently good. Yeah, and that, and that does change the entire offensive line because that was one question mark that will hopefully not be a question mark anymore. And the whole Shane Lemieux at center thing, even if it doesn't happen now, I mean, this is, this is something where you were previously saying that maybe it can happen next year. And, th- and this can be an option that the Giants can have in their back pocket um, for future years to come. Yeah, and then, I mean, Feliciano would be good depth. You know, he, he yeah. played left guard last year for the Bills, so he knows, you know, how to play left guard with Bobby Johnson as the O-line coach. And he, you know, prepared this offseason at center. So it'll be interesting to see once Feliciano is back, which Brian Dable said it would be later this week. So, um, but it's it's a good development to see Shane Lemieux um, doing well. Absolutely. Um, do you want to do the Dane Belton news or talk about the offense overall? Um, let's talk about the offense overall because I think a lot of people are, uh, you know, really they want to hear about today was bad. You know, we talked about that one day we were third and long. There was some the receiver. It was just a bad day for the offense overall. Like it got put on Daniel Jones by Pat Leonard, but just the offense overall looked bad. Daniel Jones was holding on to the ball for too long. The offensive line looked horrible. Receivers were running the wrong routes at times. It was just a, it was just a flat out mess, and especially when you consider that. The defense knows that it's passing. So every down they know it's passing. So you get to, you know, play play accordingly. Today they went into full pads. They ran the ball a lot. So, like, you know, the defense was expecting a run today. And Daniel Jones went 5 of 13. Started out 5 and five for 7. Um, and they counted sacks today too, by the way, they which did. I like. They haven't done that yet. It looked bad. Now, I will say on the slight positive is something we talked about was Daniel Jones is holding on to the ball too long. Today it did come out quick. But it did not come out accurate, or guys were covered. Like it, it looked, it was a very depressing day for the passing offense. Yeah, I, really, my main observation to Jones is that he just did not look comfortable, which is expected. You know, we're we're only at the start of the second week of camp. Blah blah blah. All the boring camp talking points of the excuse, excuse, excuse. Okay, but I mean, he just didn't. He flat out didn't look comfortable, and the results were very, very bad. And they were bad, if you know, from Daniel Jones. They weren't great with Tyrod Taylor, and then obviously Davis Webb. They weren't. They weren't great either. So you know, defense definitely does have the upper hand, no matter what team you're looking at. And I do agree. Like it's the fifth practice of camp. There's it's a complicated offense. They've talked about that. Dable's talked about the receivers mostly. At least have said like it's there's a lot of freestyling. Like, there's a lot of different things in this offense. So part of it is maybe guys not being in, in the exact right spot. So they have to work through it. But Research Rick, you know, replied to uh, us, and, and he made a good point that I would play these guys in the preseason. Yeah. Now, you're not, obviously, you're not playing the full games, but I do the not like last year where they did not play preseason game one and preseason game two, and then they played preseason a, a half of preseason game three. These guys should be I'm – I'm not saying play them all a half for every single game. Quarter, but couple series. The first-team offense should go play, get play against live bullets versus opposing defenses, you know, and, and – not have to play against Wink Martindale blitzing every day without you game planning <laughs> against blitzing. So that and that's a part of it too. Is you are playing against one of the hardest defensive styles to coach uh, to play against without yeah. without having actual game planning for that defense. You're kind of just yeah. running your basics of your and a offense. lot of the quick stuff that you know the Giants want to do, like getting the ball to Wandale, getting the ball to Tony, getting the getting getting the ball out of your hands quick. Um, it's tough to do when Wink Martindale's playing man coverage and you have Darnay Holmes, you have blitzing safeties that are just breathing down your neck. Um, it's it's tough to do. So it's it's good it's good practice for this Giants offense. Yeah, but like my big takeaway is like let's play some preseason because this offense yeah. it has the they ability to be pretty good, but they need all the reps they can get. Now the good thing has been Kenny Galladay, Kadarius Tony. They've been healthy and yes. practicing, so that's a big part of it. Lack he, of red jerseys, it, you know, it, it'd be a lot. It'd be a lot uglier with the backups in there. Um, 
you know, and, and, this, and on the other side, the starting defense does look pretty solid. Yeah. Aaron Robinson in particular, who was a big swing, like, you know, big hinge on how well this defense plays, has looked pretty good. He's broken up passes against Galladay, Juan Dale, Tony, every single one of them, and they're blitzing and playing a lot of man coverage, and they've done they've done well so far. In fact, the, the times where the defense has given up plays is when they've rushed four and sit, sat back in zone. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So, again, we want to – that's why I want to see progress out of the offense. You know, it, it, it's less about – you know, this is year four, Daniel Jones on a contract year. He's either going to be really good or he's going to be gone. Yeah. You know, so I won't even stress about Daniel Jones in particular, but just the offense overall. I want to see progress. You know, it's it's hard from us not knowing what the plays are. It's not We can't tell if it's a wide receiver mistake on a play, you know, taking outside leverage when they should have taken inside leverage on stuff. But it's just get, getting the reps to get better at that stuff because one, once we come, week one shows up, there's no, oh, well, it's a hard offense. No, it's time to play and execute. Yep. So whether it's on Daniel Jones, the receivers, or the O-line as a whole, they have to be able to execute and run a, a solid game plan um, come week one. Yeah, but if there was one thing from Monday's practice that was very positive is that they did run the ball well. And Monday's yes. practice was the Just, first time in any practice so far during camp that they ran a running pl- a rushing play more than one play in a row. And the defense was expecting the run today because yes. it was a run emphasis day. They were playing in base defense and stuff. That was really encouraging. Saquon was very encouraging. The offensive line, uh, especially with Lemieux at center, they were run blocking well, you yeah. know, and, you know, they were, you know, Zuda was showing off his athleticism. Lemieux was out and pulling. Glowinski was doing. Evan Neal had some good reps. You had uh, Glowinski and Lemieux pulling at the same time when they were lined up both the guards. They were mixing some outside, so outside zone stuff, mostly going from inside the tackles. But, you know, they were mixing some different stuff in there. And, and they, it's usually, you know, tough to see progress or tough to see some positive plays from a rushing offense in a you know in a practice yeah, like that. Yeah, practice it was rare. favors the run defense. But uh, it was rare, but it was it was happening, you know. Um and and then on top of that, it's it's going to be the it's if everybody stays healthy, it'll be the best running run blocking offensive line and and pass blocking too, but run blocking offensive line Saquon Barkley has played behind and he has an issue being uh, too hesitant and last year he just was not his same self athletic- athletically he looked like his old self i mean he is showing burst i don't want to go that far but he 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 is showing he, he you watch a guy like Matt Breida who's fast and Saquon looks on another level than Matt Breida and he's hitting the hole hard he's being decisive and again it's, it's one day and Saquon's issues of not hitting the hole don't just go away but with this practice, with an offensive line who opens holes, that'll make things a lot easier than Saquon Barkley. So that was a positive from the offense is that on a day where they were playing in base defense, the defense knew they were going to run the ball a lot. They ran the ball more than they threw it. Like, they looked pretty damn good running the ball. Yeah, absolutely. And in years past in practice, it was like it was hard to even run run plays in practice because it was so bad. It was almost impossible to run it. Yep. Um, could, def- we, uh, could we read an ad first? Yeah, you know what? Who who has sent us? It's, they've been taking care of us ver- really well during training really camp, have. and that's Bear Burger. Mm. Bear Burger has something for everyone, including it's, bears. It does say something for everyone. I don't think it has anything for Pat Leonard. He's not allowed to eat a Bear Burger, but even but everyone but Pat Leonard can eat there. Wow. They're a burger joint, but they aren't the type to be bogged down by labels. Their menu is filled with options for everything, everyone, regardless of dietary preferences. Whether you're one hundred percent vegan. Uh, uh, whether you think you know cheese is a vegetable, we they don't judge. But at Bear Burger, there's only Jeez. one dietary restriction you'll be limited to: food that's made to taste great. Bear Burger Kitchen plus Bar Happy Hour is the best in New York City. It's Twelve to seven p.m. Monday through Friday. Exotic. They have exotic burgers, elk burgers, ostrich burgers, and bison burgers. Um, they have their bar bites at, at the Bear Burger Kitchen plus Bar. All food items are nine ninety nine ninety five. How about that? Monday through Friday, 4 p.m. to 7 p.m. when they do that. Um, they have Nashville sliders. You could do six PBR. You, you could, here, like, here's the deal. They have two Nashville sliders, six PBRs, and a martini all for under 20. Mm. That is ins- that's an insane deal. Six beers, a martini, and some sliders for less than 20 bucks. That's, that's kind of an unreal deal. Unreal. Their lunch special is $14.95 for a Bear Burger Kitchen plus bar. And they got all all types of stuff. Click the link in the description to find yourself at your favorite new happy hour spot, bear uh, and burger boy, burger joint and lunch. And I struggle through that ad. It's okay. Go check, click the link. Check out Bear Burger. Bear, bear Burger Kitchen and Bar. We They're love the you. best. Thank you. Um, defense. Well, let's let's start with Dane Belton. Yes. Since we're moving the defense, he broke his collarbone. That can be anywhere between, depending on if he gets surgery, that can be anywhere between a four week to eight week injury. So he could be back for week one, or he could start the season. 
on IR. Um, this is a position that was already thin. Dane Belton, as soon as he was drafted, was automatically the third safety on this team besides Xavier McKinney uh, and Julian Love on a defense that likes to run three safety looks. And we saw the two days before. They started to run their three safety looks, and Dane Belton was playing center field. He had a nice interception on Daniel Jones on Saturday. Um, so it's it's a loss. Now, I'm glad it's Dane Belton compared to Xavier McKinney or Julian Love, where yeah. if it was McKinney, it would be um, it would be almost an unbearable loss. Uh, but it's it it does hurt, especially for a rookie. You don't want to see a rookie miss out on his first camp and learning this defense. So it'll be interesting to see how he adjusts when he does come back. But on the on the flip side, uh, it looks like Andrew Adams was signed a week ago and might be moving into like you know twenty percent of the snaps week one if Dane Belton's not ready. Yeah, and and Andrew Adams was already on the second team uh, with the second team unit, second team defense. So um, that's my guess. My guess is that. Andrew Adams is going to step into that Dane Belton role where Dane Belton was the deep center field safety when the Giants were choosing to run the three safety sets. When their Giants are running the two safety sets, it's Julian Love and Xavier McKinney that are on the field. So um, I thought Dane Belton was having a pretty solid camp. And the way that I kind of am judging that is he had a nice interception in the end zone. I hope that's not the play that he... <laughs> it could have been because he landed on his shoulder. On his shoulder. On so that, that's that's honestly what my what my initial theory is. Um, and then also there haven't been a lot of explosive plays. And it, when he's out there, yeah, um, they haven't targeted him deep. No, but when you're patrolling center field, your main job is to you know be the last resort. And the defense hasn't allowed any big explosive plays. So I, I thought that Dane Belt was having a pretty solid camp. So hopefully Andrew Adams can step into that role and uh, and be and be good. It just sucks for a guy who was going to be a, a decent part of the defense as the third safety, and now yeah. he's at best he's back for week you know for week one practice you know so how yeah. fast are they they roll him back in and it also kind of gives you a little bit of a reminder that you know like you said uh, you know if there is one guy that's going to go down kind of glad it's Dane Belton but it gives you a reminder that you know if a guy goes down in the secondary who's starting you kind of have to you know you know get your roster sheet out and figure out oh. Who, Who's a guy? Who are the guys that are like? Yeah, God forbid we lose Dora Jackson or, or Aaron Robinson for for a game or two, and then you have yeah. real, real issues more yeah. so than your third safety. Michael Jaquette, Zion Gilbert. Oh boy, you know. Um, so losing him, not a huge deal, but it's it's not it's not it's not like you losing your typical third safety, right? Um, because of because of how thin the depth is. Um, Aaron Dutt Robinson has stepped up to the plate, yes. you know, pressing up in mans. He's been covering Kenny. I think we might even said this at the beginning, but covering Kenny Gall all day. He's he's been covering everybody. He's looked pretty good. He's very he's a very physical guy. He got called for a holding uh, a couple times, but he's he's you know, he got called for a holding one day, a pass interference the other day. So he might run into issues with that. Uh, and it's camp, and you're not seeing the you know the flags don't feel as consequential. But he is playing physical. He's playing confident, and that's a guy who we need to play physical and confident for the yes. Giants to be even semi not horrible as a defense absolutely a lot riding on him uh Adore Jackson has looked pretty good he's had some pass breakups and it's, I mean the secondary I will say has for a secondary we were extremely worried about has answered the call so far through a week of practice now yep. it, it'll change once you you know you're facing the live bullets I kind of hope it changes to be honest in practice <laughs> a, a yeah. little bit yeah I yeah I'd like to see the offense win, win a yeah. few can I tell you uh what uh what I'm gonna watch out for I already told the live stream this but um, I feel like nobody has really given a clear-cut report on this guy. Um, I'm watching Evan Neal. Uh, I'm watching Evan Neal, and I'm going to watch him like a hawk during Tuesday's practice. Um, I may be missing out on some other things, but I'm definitely okay with that because I, you know, we've heard some things. It's like, oh, well, look at Evan Neal on this run play. He, he, you know, he, he blocked really well. Oh, look at Evan Neal against O'Shane Zimenez. He, he gave, you know, he gave up a lot of ground. It, he would have given up a sack. So um, I'm going to be really looking out for it because I, I don't really have like a clear-cut here's how Evan Neal is doing kind of observation report for you. Well, as you know, Kayvon, I feel like we, you know, we saw some good reps. We saw some reps where Andrew Thomas was dominating. Thomas is all in all camp. Saw some reps where Kayvon Thibodeau, you know, beat Andrew Thomas before the pad with, before the pads went on. So um, next for Friday's show, I'm going to give an Evan Neal report on how he's doing. Anything else we want to hit on before we get into, um, in, into the interview with, with John Schmielk? No. No, not really. Um, it's cool that the pads are on, um, and I think we're going to continue to grab some more observations and learn more about this football team as this week goes on. All right, why don't you read an ad, and then we'll get into the interview with John Schmelk. All right, so we got to talk about Roman. I care about you guys, or even if you're a lady that's listening to this and maybe you have a man in your life who's having a little trouble getting it up, you know what I'm saying? 
I care about each and every one of you. I want you to feel Julian confident. Was me about it, Jul- you know, and there's nothing wrong with it, Julian. There's nothing wrong no, with it. No, of course. It. it happens to what? One in three guys it or something? It happens to like... There's three guys in this room. Julian's the guy. This, this is so true. And 52% of men, I believe, is the stat if you're over the age of 40. I, I hope I got that right. Julian is an old man at heart. I care about each and one of you. And I want you to feel confident. Confident like Aaron Robinson feels. He feels confident this camp. Prioritize your health and your sense of well-being. And a great place to start is your testosterone health. The experts believe testosterone affects everything from our libido to our blood health and more. So if you're ready to show up for yourself from the inside out, start with Roman's testosterone support supplement. Here's why. Because testosterone, it's an important part of a man's body and health. So it's important to start supporting it early. Roman T support. This is a new product that I'm hearing about, and I'm excited. It's meant to help maintain men's... Whoa, let's try this again. Roman T-Sport, it's meant to help maintain men's body natural testosterone production. Roman T-Sport, it prioritizes supplements formulated by Roman's in-house doctors. You can't find this blend anywhere else. So what I want you to do is go to GetRoman.com slash world today. Talk Giants versus the world. If approved, you'll get $15 off your first order of Roman T-Support. That's GetRoman.com slash world. GetRoman.com slash world. Thank you to Roman. All right, here's John Smilk. Come on, pay attention in there. Let's go. We got a beautiful day. Work. Play fast. Play fast. Whoa. Ah. All right, we now welcome on to the first time on Talking Giants. We've talked to most of the reporters. John Smilk covers the Giants for Giants.com, Big Blue Kickoff Live. And I'm sitting behind him, so this is a little bit of a therapy session. I'm nervous, John. actually. It's, it's okay, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the entire interview, I want you guys looking back at me. Give me bunny ears. Um, before we get rolling... Um, my question is you for you is yes. How have you been able to handle doing Big Blue Kickoff Live every not every day but most days for five years covering a team that's been tough because we do like two times a week or three times a week, man, and it gets kind of tough at times. But. Five. I mean, we started this back when the Giants were good in like 2011, so yeah. it was like, oh, this is gonna be easy. <laughs> and then 2013 rolled around, and since then it hasn't been so easy. So you know, you find things to talk about. If it's not like you know the standings, you talk about players. In, you know, individual, you know, micro stuff with film. You can go around and leave a little bit. So it's a challenge to find content. Luckily, we have a really large fan base, and we get calls every week, every day, and that kind of carries us along. Yeah, yeah, it's been uh, fun to listen to you guys. So and by gonna- the way, we should be back live this week finally. We've been taped Huge. for like the last month or so. We should be back Huge. live this week. Maybe even today on Monday if you guys want to tune in at 2 o'clock. So Huge. you might want to give that a shot. We're recording this before the first padded practice. I'm sure there'll be some good stuff to talk yes, about. Yes, for sure. Um Besides Darnay, and we'll get into the camp talk now, besides Darnay Holmes, who's been the player that's, like, stood out the most in these this first week of Giants camp? You know, it's a good question. Um, the offense has been has been quiet. I think they're still trying to figure things out. You know, I talked to – I don't know if you guys listened to any of the players on the Huddle podcast, a bunch of these offensive player interviews, the receivers and everything. And to a man, everyone talked about how complicated this offense is. Yeah. Like, it's like, oh, guys, the playbook's good, right? And it's not just like, yeah, you know, it, it, it's big. It's – Whew, Memorization. That's, that's playbook. Been a yeah. yeah, exactly. So I, I'm not surprised that the offense has not, you know, been like, you know, eviscerating the defense and the, you know, the, the, the old cliche, the defense is always ahead of offense the first week you mm-hmm. can't, no matter what year you're in. So put all that together. You know, I think it's hard to pick out an offensive player. I like the fact that. Um, up until I think what's being considered a maintenance day for Kadarius Tony, that you know he's he's been active and I think he's been basically used like a regular wide receiver. Yeah. I know a lot of fans think of him as more just a gadget guy. Look, you don't pick a guy in twentieth overall pick to be a gadget guy. Absolutely so not. he needs to develop into a real wide receiver, and I think we've seen signs of that. Um, I think Wandell Robinson has kind of been go-to guy. Maybe is a little bit strong, but I think safety blanket mm-hmm. might be a good way to put it. I got. I think we did our over unders on Big Blue Kickoff on Friday. I think he's going to be one of these, you know, eight yards per catch, you know, just huge volume of 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 catches type of guy. And then I think the other thing that has me excited, and there hasn't been a ton of production yet, but just the fact that Kenny Galladay's been out there every practice, yep. and he's going, and he's staying out there, and he caught two touchdowns on Friday on Saturday rather for the first time. So. That's important to me because I really think this wide receiver position this year is essential if this thing is going mm. to work in some way, shape, or form. And I don't doubt the talent in the room. I doubt the availability in the yeah. room, right, yeah. based on what Gallaudet's done before, based on what Tony did as a rookie. So if those guys can just be out there, and then whenever Shep gets back and Wandell, I think, will give you what he gives you, you got those four guys you maybe don't have your – 
guy that could be an all-pro, but I think you have enough yeah. guys that are productive and can get open that you can have a really effective room to help the quarterback. Yeah. And, you, and even though the offense hasn't had that day where we're looking at it be like, yeah, this is the offense that maybe like we're fully expecting, I think it's a huge win, you know, Started this camp compared to last camps that these guys are just out there. Yeah. And you're not seeing, and you're seeing, uh, you're seeing more, you know, regular colored jerseys and not red colored jerseys. You mentioned the player interviews that you did on the Giants Huddle podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, what is some of the themes, takeaways, energy like in the building? You know, you talk to most of the position groups, if not all of them. Yeah. So, what were some of the vibes, the energy in the building like, kind of stemming away from those from those interviews? Now, sadly, I've been doing a lot of interviews the last six years with players talking about new regimes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We've been through this before, unfortunately. So, everyone's always excited, mm-hmm. right? Everything new is great. Everything new is different, and it's automatically good. So, I expect those types of answers. But look. The attitude, the mood, it's... I don't want to... I, I, if I use the word relax, people will think, oh, well, then he's just letting the players do whatever they want. He's not working them hard. But there is just a, you know, more of a family-ish type of atmosphere, even in just how the staff treats non-football people in the mm-hmm. building. It's just kind of a better feel to the whole thing. And our, and we I got along with Joe Judge. I, I know she's yeah. like, yeah, Joe, Joe Judge personally. Too. I thought he was great uh, for us. So... Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's great, but the, 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 the stock answer I've given everybody when they answered me this question is that we're not going to know anything because it, until they lose a few games in a row. Yeah, and then how, to, yeah. how does everyone react to that, right? Yeah. Everything was great with Ben McAdoo that first year, and then all mm-hmm. of a sudden the second year doesn't go well and the wheels come off. Pat yep. Shermer, it looks great. Daniel Jones is flying. His rookie year comes and everything goes well. Then all of a sudden the wheels come off. So same thing with Judge. And I, I still maintain that if Daniel Jones doesn't get hurt last year, I think Joe Judge is still the head coach today, to be yep. quite honest with you. Yep. I think they probably figure out a way to win two games in their final six. They finish with six or seven wins, and – he doesn't have that press conference. He doesn't call the yep. quarterback sneak on you know third and long, and I think he's still here. Yep. So I, I think we have to see how things go when when things go wrong, and then we'll have our answer to that. Winning question. truly is the only thing that matters. And, and like you <laughs> yeah. guys, like you know, at first it was judge detailed everything's great, and then it's like, all right, we're tired of you know these, he's got an answer for <laughs> it's everything. Too detailed. And then yeah. if if Dable, if the same thing happens to Dable, like this guy doesn't have to do any dis- discipline, too relaxed. So really, all that matters is winning. But hopefully, it seems like with Joe Shane. Brian Dable, their guys on the right page, and even if they don't pick the best, pl- like it, you know, it comes down to draft picking players. If they don't pick the right players, it seems like they have the right process, uh, a right process about it so far. Yeah, and I know I think I drive fans nuts sometimes because a lot of fans are very reactionary, right? And I understand they get emotional and they're like, "Oh, fire the coach! That's going to solve yeah. all our problems." And the point I've always made is that, yeah, you can change the coach, guys. What matters most are the players on the field. Yeah. All right, you can throw out the best coach in the world if you don't have the. The guys out there executing the game plan is not going to matter. Now, does coaching stuff matter on the margins? Yes. Scheme matters in the margins, yes. But you can have the best scheme in the world. If you have guys that can't get open or a quarterback that can't hit the receiver or stay healthy, it's not going to matter. So I think what you hope is that this regime is good at bringing in the right type of players, and Joe Shane understands, and based on my conversations with him, I think he does, how you build a roster um, – Understanding the importance of certain positions, how you win football games. I mean, look at how Brian Dable ran the Bills offense last year. It's a very heavy pass offense and early downs. I think that's probably a way you help your quarterback more mm-hmm. than you, you hurt it at this, hurt, hurt him at this point. So hopefully all that comes together and the players stay healthy. And I'm giving a bunch of plugs to the Giants Huddle podcast, but uh, Bobby mentioned the draft. Did a ton of work on the draft, pre-draft, and then also post-draft talking with a lot of you know smart people who evaluated the Giants and mm-hmm. who also you know obviously you evaluate the Giants as well. What are your thoughts on the draft class especially you know when you you know before coming into it the prep that you did afterwards and then what you know what have had a what have some of the people had to say about this Giants draft class? Yeah, look, going in I had Neil as my top offensive tackle and I thought frankly just just off the tape because I can't speak to the Thibodeau off the field stuff cuz I'm not in that building so I can't speak to that. Just off the tape, I thought he had the highest ceiling of any pass rusher in the draft, even, even higher than Hutchinson. I wasn't as high on Hutchinson as everybody else was, and people killed me for that. I'll probably end up being wrong. We'll see. But So you can't go wrong two guys at premium positions with your first two draft picks. Mm-hmm. So I, I think the formula you're there is, is correct. I was very happy with that. I was a big Sky Moore guy, so... Mm-hmm. Now, keep in mind, I was, like, getting a phone call from my wife that my second child was being born as yeah. they were selecting Wandell Robinson. Like, literally, in the press conference, I got the phone call. Oh my God. So that's kind of all a blur for me. <laughs> but at that point, I would have been a Sky Moore guy. Mm. But I think they have a very specific vision of how they're going to use Wandell Robinson. Yep. 
And look, people call him a gadget player, too. If you look at how he was used in Nebraska, yeah, maybe more of a gadget guy. Mm-hmm. In Kentucky, he was just their ex-wide receiver. He was just their yeah. outside wide receiver. He yeah. ran the full route tree. He did everything. Now, at 5'8", can you do that in the NFL? We'll have to wait and see. But I thought the first two picks were huge, and then after that, I think this felt like a the coaches will tell us the type of players they want and need, and let's go get those types of guys. That's how it felt to me, and I think it makes sense to an extent because Joe Shane didn't have all his guys in place yet, right? Scouts, personnel guys, things like that, so he probably leaned a little bit heavier on the coaching staff as to what they want, what guys fit. You know, blitzing linebacker, Micah McFadden, right? Um, A hard-hitting safety that you can play in the middle of the field and closer to the line of scrimmage. Just just, screams, oh, this is what Wink Martindale wants. So that's that's my feel for how the draft kind of came along. It seemed like they are plugging holes, and and we do uh, work with Cover One, who does, like, the best job covering the Bills. And someone clipped me together their reaction to every Giants pick, and like, that was a Bills top 25. That's a Bills top 25. So it was obviously... Shane relying on himself and the and the coaches. You mentioned Wink Martindale and his scheme. We love Patrick Graham, but there's different ways to have a good defense, and Wink Martindale is going to be the opposite yeah, of that. Yeah, very different. Very and different. it's looked pretty chaotic so far. What has your, been your thoughts on Wink You know, through a, a few days of camp? I think it's supposed to look chaotic, yeah. right? I, I think that's kind of by design. You want to have all those guys lined up, half of them standing, or maybe none of them standing, at the line of scrimmage. Who's coming, who's not, who's dropping, a corner's coming, or safety's coming, or linebacker's coming. And I think that's how it's designed. And I think, you know, I was having a good chat. It hasn't aired yet. It's going to air sometime during camp with Eric Eager, who's the chief data scientist mm. at uh, PFF. That's, that's gonna, one of my favorite convos every yeah. year. Yeah. So th- th- that's going to come up at some point in August here. And, he, and the way he explained to me, I, I, no one had quite said it to me this way before, and I thought it was interesting, that playing a lot of man-to-man defense exacerbates the talent differential between your defense and the other team's offense. So mm-hmm. when the Ravens had all their corners and they were really good, they played a lot of man-to-man, blitzed a lot, they would dominate games here and there. Yeah. Then when all the corners go out yeah. and they're trying to line up against Jamar Chase and T. Higgins and Joe Burrow and they're trying to do the same stuff, they got lit up because they didn't yeah. have the players, right? So I think that's what we're seeing here. So until this offense kind of gets cooking in camp a little bit and gets moving, I think we're going to see the defense look a lot better. And one thing I've noticed... When the first, I think Tyrod's been a little bit quicker, and it makes sense because he's kind of been in the system before he understands it, right? Daniel, I think, has held the ball a lot, and I don't know if it's because he's not sure where to go with it or because no one's open. More than the interceptions, everybody's talked about, are you concerned about the interceptions, blah, blah, blah. That has been like, yeah, but really, throughout the first week of camp, and again, it's the first week of camp, that has been the thing that I've taken a, a more of a mental note of. Oh, Long time holding the ball, long time holding the ball. Same exact thing here. Yeah. That that's the exact same thing I've noticed, and. If it's because no one's open, I think that actually bodes well for the DBs yeah. because you're sitting there and you're I'm like, I'm right, worried about that. Well, <laughs> after a- after Dory Jackson, who can you trust to cover man on man, right? Yeah. So if they're able to cover these guys and, and blanket them, that's great. But then does not necessarily bode well yeah. for the for the receivers. So um, that'll be interesting to see how it kind of develops as you get further into camp. And I do wonder, you know, because you mentioned Patrick Grant's defense, right? You would have easy completion. So, like, the last couple of years when you're practicing against Patrick Graham's defense mm-hmm. and they're playing that a lot of zone and a lot of, you know, two safeties deep, you can complete a four-yard pass on pretty much any play Especially you want. Especially with the offense they were running as well, which was based off of that. Basically, 100%. You, you take what the defense gives you, right? So this is just a much different type of competition. So I think it's just going to look a lot different yeah. than what we've seen the last few years, and I think people just have to get used to that a little and bit. And I'm very interested to hear what Eric has to say from PFF, because I feel like Wink Martindale has had some really dominant defenses in spite of where the NFL has been going on the defensive side of the ball. So the Ravens, what they just Correct. did is now they brought in a defense coordinator who runs a lot of that two high shells, what you know Patrick Graham is doing, and what a lot of the more, you know, what a lot of NFL defenses are doing in general. So how is Wink Martindale with maybe a similar secondary, hopefully a little bit better than what he had in 2021, how is that going to stack up in terms of where the league is going, where which, offenses which, are Which at? means, by the way, in about a year or two, teams are going to start going back to the single high stuff. Oh, of course. It's just yeah. circular That's with the way defenses goes, yeah, are yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, and, and it's funny. Like, and I, think it's, I think the reason you're seeing more of that too high safety stuff, and this is a more theoretical conversation, obviously, is that if you – you can play that way and not spend a lot on cornerbacks, mm. right? And that's such an expensive position if you want to get a really good player. And frankly, they're just hard to find. There's all these kids coming out of school now, right? They're all wide receivers. They don't want to play corner. They yep. want to play wide receiver. That's why we have a million wide receivers in the draft every year because they want the ball. They don't want to cover. So teams that play that 
too high shell. They're like, well, we don't need to invest heavily in corners because we're not asking to play man-to-man. While a scheme like this, that look at the Patriots, right, when they were at their best playing their man-to-man with, 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 with Belichick mm-hmm. a couple years ago, mm-hmm. and then you have, obviously, um, you mentioned the Ravens, and there are a couple other teams that do it, too. Um, you have to invest heavily in those cornerbacks, and it gets hard to find them, and when you do, they're expensive. So. Right. We asked this to everybody. I hate when people ask us this. What's your record <laughs> prediction for the 2022 New York Giants? My, my constant refrain has been, I don't care what the Giants' record is this year. Um, and I, I'll be honest, I don't. I think it's almost inconsequential um, because I don't think whatever happens this year, you're going to have any sort of large judgment call on Brian Dable or Joe Shane as their first year. And look, this is still a roster that's going to turn over a lot, right? You look at the contracts they kind of renegotiated, and a lot of guys are on one-year deals that are important players. Mm-hmm. And other guys with big contract numbers coming up next year, you know who they are. They're going to have to make decisions on those guys. So this roster... This might not be done, right? Like this, uh, the way someone described this to me, oh, this is the start of a rebuild. I'm like, no, no, they're still clearing the wreckage from the buildings. Mm. Like they're not rebuilding the buildings yet. The wreckage is still being moved away. So this is very much a retooling year for me. With that said, I actually think because of the nature of the schedule that I think you can easily yes. squeak out seven games this year. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't see why that would be impossible. And, you know, maybe you get lucky in a couple close ones. You figure out a way to win nine, and you have a chance to make a playoff run, and that'd be great. Awesome, fantastic. But to me, this year is about figuring out what you're doing with Daniel, right? Right. Um, to a lesser extent, Saquon. Mm-hmm. I think that's a tougher t- tougher deal. Um, but then how are your young guys developing, right? Yeah. Can, can Kayvon get you eight sacks? Can Aziz Ojolari build on his rookie year? 11 draft picks. That, you know, they had yeah. yeah. Can, can, can Xavier McKinney keep playing well? Can Andrew Thomas go from, all right, struggled his first 10 games his rookie year, became an average lineman last year when he played good lineman, now can he become an all-pro lineman? Yeah. Can he right. become a pro bowl lineman? Can Evan Neal do that? Um, is Shane Lemieux your long-term answer at left guard? Yeah. Um, he has a lot to prove. Um, is Feliciano your center for more than a year? Do you have to go find one after this season? Um, you know, go down the list. Dexter Lawrence, you're going to commit to him yeah. long term. He's coming up on his fifth year option, right? So, who who is Aaron Robinson a long term outside cornerback? Right. Another big answer that you have to come up with. Is Darnay Holmes your long term slot corner? Another big question you need answered. So, to me, this is less about record and it's more about how the young guys on the team are going to improve and figuring out which guys are going to be the core of your roster moving forward and where you still have to fill. If you maybe put a, if you maybe put an over-under on the number of wins, I'd probably put the over-under at 6.5 okay. or 7, somewhere in that area. Um, I'm very excited because um, I want to make a graphic of everybody that we interview, you know, who's part of the, you know, who's part of the Giants. Yeah, but this don't summer. care. Well, I, that's exactly <laughs> what I'm going to do. So, you know, Art Stapleton says this, Patricia Cheney is going to say this, and, uh, you know, you're going to say, I don't care. And, I, and I'm really looking <laughs> forward to putting that next that's, to your name. <laughs> I look forward to it. That'd be awesome. Last question. Yeah. How often do you guys deal with prank calls on Big Blue Kickoff oh Live? Not much, to be honest with you. Um, we about, gosh, what year was it? 2015, maybe? We got Baba buoyed by somebody. Okay. Oh, that's I, classic. I felt it was a rite of passage. I was actually kind of proud of it. I'm like, <laughs> one of these guys took the time to Baba buoy me. I actually feel pretty good about that. To yeah. be honest with you, yeah, blah blah booey, like that means you've made it, you know. Yeah, hundred percent. Someone feels like that's a big deal. Um, and well, do you guys consider every Charlie call a prank call? Because it is like every show. I've heard the tra- <laughs> I, so I when I first started doing Twitter in twenty nineteen, I would see Charlie on Twitter, and then I listened to you guys, and like, oh, this guy's actually a real person. No, he's crazy. Um, Good guy. I, did you guys crazy. meet him in New England? I yeah, think? we did. He did. Look, Charlie is, and, and I DM with him sometimes. He's actually a pretty normal guy. He just he gets he gets very emotional with his opinions. Yeah. He got him. Are, are you guys on board the Jimmy Garoppolo train that apparently he is now the conductor he, of? That makes yes, sense. Apparently. Yeah, it, it doesn't it? Um, <laughs> now, I've had arguments about Garoppolo like even before he was like a like a thing with the Giants where he he, he loves Jimmy Garoppolo. I don't know if it's like an Italian thing, because, you know, whatever. <laughs> but I, you know, and and I've gone back and forth with him on on Jimmy, who I think has kind of been the product of the 49ers more than the 49ers being the product of Jimmy. He, he completed bit. 17 passes in the for playoffs leading up to the Super Bowl when they made this. No, 17 I, passes. If, if you want to have fun, go look at Jimmy Garoppolo's playoff game log. It's something. Yeah. Well, even that, I think it was the Vikings game. He went, they threw the ball eight times in that game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that I, was, that was I game remember that ran was a for fun 350, night. right? I think yeah. that was when the running the ball versus passing, like analytics well, stuff that was, was huge. at its yeah. highest. Uh-huh. And then the 49ers just just drop it on them with eight throws, <laughs> just ran the ball 25 <laughs> times in a row. So that was fun. That's great. Um, 
John, we appreciate you coming on as always. Hopefully, we could do this again. And uh, no Daniel Jones question. Out of we, all the things, I, I this is you, the first time I've done a giant interview without a Daniel Jones question. That's shock. We hate the Daniel Jones. It's it's the same conversation. Oh, it's <laughs> with Daniel Jones. It's so simple this year. If he plays awesome, you give him a, a one year deal at worst franchise. You tag him. him. Yeah. You know. Um, and if he doesn't play well and they have a, their eye on a QB in the draft, well, you gave Tyro Taylor that guaranteed money in year two for a reason, to be a bridge for the next guy. So to us, it's I'm, – I'm tired of the Daniel Jones stuff. And I don't hate Daniel Jones either, but I'm, I'm just – Whatever happens this year happens. I'm well, not stressing about yeah, it. Yeah, I'm very much in the camp where if you're going to like give him like a real deal contract, it has to be spectacular, right? I think he has yep. to be spectacular. And even then, I would tag him. So, well, correct. Now, unless he's willing to take like a below market value right. long term deal, and then maybe think about it. What's your level for I'll tag him? Like, how good does he have to be yeah. for you to put the tag on? I would say, thir- you know, thirty plus touchdowns. Obviously, the yards have to be good, and mm-hmm. then. Turnover. I mean, the turnovers have gotten a lot better the last two years. Like oh, the, yeah. the, the narrative on his turnovers has went away. The problem but, is that the big plays have gone down. Yes, that's yes. My, Even that's though my he's thing. been like yeah. one of the most efficient deep ball passers, and after his rookie year, when and using he had a good too. rookie year, but mm-hmm. detractors be like, well, does he have any elite skills? And I was like, I think he throws one of the best damn deep balls in the league. Um, no, he has so a physical town. He's got plenty of that. Yeah. So that's not a problem. It, it's how do the turnovers come back in a new offense? And do you, you play know? 17 games? That's all. That's a huge yeah. part of it, too, that, so we, that you already talked about I'm, earlier. I'm quietly excited for Daniel Jones because you remember 2019. You had a coordinator or a coach in Shermer who wanted him, mm-hmm. who loved him. You could tell by the way they talked. Like, Pat Shermer loved Daniel Jones and told him, like, hey, go struggle through this, but we're, we're going to push the ball down the field. Um, and then just kind of took that all away. But the, he, I mean, he had a really awesome rookie year for having Solder and Rammers as your tackles, who literally had the worst production as tackles in the league that year. Yeah, they were not great. Darius Slayton as your wide receiver one, a banged up Saquon Barkley, and he was on pace. You know, look at his his rookie season versus jo- uh, Justin Herbert's rookie season. Oh boy, it's almost identical. Besides the the big issue of the fumbles, I would just say in his rookie year he racked up a lot of stats in two or three games against two of the three worst teams in the league, too, yeah. that year, if you look at it. But so that's I, why I, I want to see the Giants this year. Yeah, this year, beat the bad teams. Let's correct. be the team that oh, beats the bad teams and not, the not, be, the, not be the opposite yeah. of that. So. Well, and, and you get that set of four games in the middle of the year, right, where you get yeah. Houston, Seattle, like Jacksonville, and the Lions, like four <laughs> straight. The problem is that you got to get to that spot where you're still kind of in the mix, right? Yeah. Because I think that I, I think the Panthers are better than other people do. I think they got a good defense, and we'll see how mm-hmm. Baker plays. Baker's an improvement over Darnold. A hundred percent. And you got at Tennessee week one, Dallas that's week tough. three, that stuff. Chicago, if, look, if if you can't beat the Chicago Bears at home, you got problems. Tough. Yeah. They, they're, they're tough. Ro- their roster's not great. And then you have Green Bay and Baltimore. Like, those are, like, legit it's, games. Yeah. So while the overall schedule is easier, once you get to those four games in the middle, then you get Washington a couple times. Like, those yep. are all games you can win. The problem is that you can't be, like, one and five heading yeah. into that stretch. Yeah, morale's so, got to be somewhat high. So yeah. can you figure out a way to beat Chicago? Can you figure out a way to beat Carolina? And then maybe you can steal one from one against one of the good teams you're yeah. playing? If you could do that, then we're going to have some fun heading into Thanksgiving. Right. Dude. So we'll see if they can manage that because, as you guys well know, the start of these seasons the last nine years, except for 2016, has just been brutal. I want this parking lot at least somewhat filled um, when we're still in the month of you know middle of October, beginning of November. That's that's <laughs> yeah. I, that's my goal. So yeah, and I think it should be. I, I think it should be. You know that Bear game is is going to be one of those legacy uniform games. So I think people are going to be here for that. They'll you gotta you gotta win. You gotta win one of those because I don't want to hear uh, Giants can't win and Giants can't win when they play alternate uniforms. I don't want to hear it. Well, the no problem is that they keep wearing the alternate uniforms against like the best teams. Yeah, it's it's, it's always always football. a prime time game, yeah, yeah. and they're always playing a great team, whether they play Dallas or something like that. They were smart though. The, the two legacy games, Chicago and Washington. Love it. My guess is that those are picked strategically. Are, to yeah. be honest with smart. you, yeah. John, we appreciate you. We'll see. We'll definitely see you down in Mobile at the Senior Bowl, and that's one of the reasons mm-hmm. I like you is you actually go and do the draft stuff. So we appreciate you. And, uh, and I apologize. We couldn't catch you on more, by the way, because no, I'm was... sitting there and I'm watching the offensive lineman, and Bobby comes over like, Bobby, I got to take my notes, man. I got to take my notes. <laughs> then it started raining. I had to go, and it was it was just a mess. No, I apologize it, for not catching up no, longer. No, it was all good. We appreciate <laughs> you, John. No, no problem, guys. All right, turn big league action into big winnings with DraftKings whoa, 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 Sports. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Thank you, John Schmilk, for coming on the show. Julian, can you read an ad for us? Turn big league action into big winnings with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Major League Baseball. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 on any game and get $100 in free bets instantly. That's a pretty good deal. 
Plus, all customers can combine multiple bets for a shot at an even bigger payout with DraftKings Same Game Parlay. We're going to the Yankees game tonight. We are we the Yankees. Yankees versus Mariners. Yes. Right now, the Yankees are heavily favorited, so it's not the best to bet them straight you up. You should bet the Yankees or Mariners. I'll bet the Yankees. I'm betting the Yankees. I already looked at it right before this. I'm betting the Yankees, which are minus 170, and I'm betting over nine because we're going to the game, and I want to see some dingers. I want more than nine points. So that'll be my same runs, game. Probably. Runs? Points? Sure. Yeah, it's probably runs. At DraftKings Sportsbook, you'll be able to bet on your favorite batter to hit a double in his next plate appearance, your favorite pitcher's next pitch to be a strike, and so much more. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app, app now. Use promo code BOXING. Keep going. Use promo code BOXING. New customers can make any $5 bet and get $100 in free bets instantly. That's promo code BOXING only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Major League Baseball. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for detail. MLB trademarks used with permission. Phenomenal work. Thank you, Julian. All right. Thanks, John Smilk, again for coming on. First time on the podcast, so that was nice. In the van. Um, think he didn't like it. I, I thought he was fine with it. <laughs> I think he'd rather do that than sit outside in that crappy weather. It was it was seventy five degrees this morning and cloudy and disgusting. It was and, awesome. And it was a nice chair. It was breezy. Um. So Sunday, you get an email from Giants PR saying to stop recording the video. Which I got a message. Well, I get an email from it's Giant Security, the head, head of security. security. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, Pat the, Hanlon was CC. They put up the sign saying not to record. But they were literally yelling at everybody but us for two days. Like, sure. like it almost said like they weren't. Me- they were like, we're told to not mess with us. Um, but then the security uh, emails you back, and then um, can you and your guests please stop? That was the moral of the yeah, moral yeah. Of the so I guess they must have had your email from what being a season ticket holder. Yeah. Or something? So you know, I'm a season ticket holder, and they had my email from you know I, you know, put my email in for the practices and stuff like that. So that's how they got me. And so I, I, I replied to him being like, hey, we'll, we'll obviously stop, you know. But uh, I was like, I was like, you guys put all the same plays that we're using on training camp. Well, basically was making the point. Like, I, I know I, I've heard all the arguments for it, but the Giants are going to play three preseason games. The opponents will look at that. They're not going to – they might look at the practice clips, but I promise you they're not changing anything based off the practice clips. I mean – what we've basically posted has been basic, like what a slant, a slant to to Wandale Robinson, let, a slant to let's Kenny Galladay. Let's be clear. Um, a, you know, a bubble screen. Twitter and Instagram. Well, I mean, Instagram, you know, not as much, but uh, Twitter like reduces the quality of videos. So, what are you actually seeing? And when Giants Inside Training Camp Live has their fancy cameras out there recording stuff, I mean, I th- I think that's a that's a pretty good view at it. I mean, par- partially also like. There's, there's theories to everything. It's not just, uh, oh, coaches are going to be coming in and stealing clips. I also think that the Giants, they want to be the only ones that are putting out training camp highlights. I, I, re- I think that is a huge part of it. I, I think it's the coach. I've heard the coaches are paranoid about that stuff, where the PR doesn't even really care that much. Because um, in years past, they you know they they let it up. But anyway, yeah. but anyway so... The Ravens also like live-streamed a, a flat-out scrimmage that they played. Um and Pat Hanlon made a nice snarky comment to you. Well, uh, anyways, Pat Hanlon called. We, I mean, Pat, he was very polite, you know. For, yeah, he was. Especially he was very if, nice. you know, I've taken shots with him in the past. We just basically went in circles for like 15 minutes. Uh, and I, I think he agreed, but he's just like, it, this was a rule. So I told him, I was like, this, these are the rules. We'll follow the rules. Like, I, I totally disagree with it. But, I, you know, at, at the end of the day, these are your guys' rules, and we're not going to. We're not going to force you to kick us out and make a big stink and be no. like, we just got kicked and just like, we just didn't feel like doing that. We want to be at the practice. That's what we care about the most is being at the practice as much as social clips are a big part of it. Um, and so I think he felt bad. So he made me feel like a make a wish kid and, and texted me. He's like, come down over here. And like Brian Dable came and talked me with me for like two minutes. And I just, you know, like the Joe judge interaction was very cool. Yeah. He recognized the thing, you know, yeah. people reached out to us afterwards I, I didn't I didn't like meeting Brian Dable as much, even though it was cool. I posted on social media, 
part of me is like, I feel like a make a wish. I, I, this is just like them trying to make us happy, which I guess is a nice thing to do is try and make us happy. Yeah. But I did feel a little bit like a make a wish kid. No offense to make a wish. If you want to, if you want to, you know, continue to make us happy, like put me in a suite for a couple of games this year. No, they, they're great. not going to do, we have DraftKings to put us in the suite. What I was going to say, if it rained out and like, you should let us in, let us in. We don't want to ask any questions to, to the coaches. Just let us in the practice. That is actually a good So if it does rain out, I'm going to ask him. See, I'm going to test that limit because I, you know, I'm not trying to be friends with Pat Hanlon, even though he was nice to me. Yeah, he was, he was nice, though. Like, let, let's, uh, like, I, I do want to make that clear. This is not a talking Giants war versus the Giants. Um, you know, this is just, hey, they, they have their thing that they want to do. Yeah, um, we just disagree. And I told him, I was like, we're going to follow the rules. I just disagree with them. Yeah, so you know, that's, uh, that's that. Yeah, so we'll still do as much training camp practice as much. So, um, like, after, after the Joe Judge interaction, I was on cloud nine. After this, I was kind of like, should I even post this? But, but yeah. it, 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 was, it was cool. I appreciate Dave's coming over and talking to me for a couple minutes. Short dude. Um, yeah, we had, we had a good talk. Was he as tan as he looks? Oh, yeah. He's more tan than me. You know, and as a Florida man in New Jersey, like he was, he was more tan than me. It so. was overcast on Monday, and I said, "Dave's for Dave's bald ass head needed a day off." So, yeah, it really, it really did. He's, 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 you know, my mom gets on me for being in the sun too much. Uh, so I'm sure Dave's mom is telling him to get out of the sun. He asked me if I had any kids, and Brian he's able. Yeah, you know. I was like, no. He's like, he's like, you want to take one? I have six, and I'm like, yeah, we know. We put out a wow. tweet that's saying you like to fuck a lot when you when you oh, had yeah? your remember remember that tweet we had at his opening press conference. Oh yeah. Um. So it it was it was good fun. All right, we appreciate you guys. We'll have player profile and projection episodes out. The training camp recaps, uh, live streams afterwards. We'll be back on Friday. I think we're having Patricia train on Friday, and then I'll some, some camp recap. So we'll see you tomorrow. Um. Until then, you got anything else? Let's go Big Blue. Let's go Big Blue.